0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Dreamer Talks. My name is Abby Volkovich, and I'm your host. It is my job on this podcast to introduce you to dreamers from many different fields and walks of life. It is important to note that we can learn many things from the people we surround ourselves with. This is why I have ventured out to interview dreamers who are willing to share their journey with us. For today's episode, we have two guests with us. First is Jos Monzon. Jos is a creative director and producer that helps organizations to find their story and clarify their message through branding, storytelling, design, and animation within the corporate, commercial, entertainment industries and nonprofit organizations. Jos also speaks at seminars and conferences around the world. Today, Jos Monson is the creative director of VirtualWare, one of the oldest and most advanced virtual reality companies in the world. Alongside Jos, we have my older brother, Gabriel Volkovich. Gabriel is currently based in Israel and works as a cinematographer and director. He has projects in development in Mexico, Canada, and the United States. His latest projects include To Be a Child Again Israel, which I was actually a producer for, and he's currently working on Shalva, a documentary film currently in production about a renowned Israeli band, the Shalva Band. Both of these guests have had a major impact in my life, and we've all in some way connected in having an effect on each other's lives. So please enjoy this episode, and uh, let's get to it. Welcome to another episode of Dreamer Talks. Today is a special episode because I'm joined with two guests, not one. And it's also two guests that have driven in a big way my creative uh, path, and somehow we've all had to do uh, with one another in uh, our creative endeavors. So, uh, first of all, I'll introduce my brother. Thanks for having us, Gabriel, <laughs> um, and also Jos, who's uh, right now in Toronto. So, we're doing a Skype call to get this podcast uh, going. So, if Jos, uh, if you could kind of take us back to the
1: experience where we first met. When we were children, I think uh, it was like two thousand three when we moved from Mexico to Canada, right? And then you you met my dad first. Yes. I think yes. you guys How- like met in a McDonald's, no, or something like that, the first time.
2: <laughs> we met at the Toronto Star. Someone recommended uh, your dad to me, and then he called me. Uh, I said, "Yeah, sure, come." And then you know, since that day, I think we we really click. You know, and uh, we became friends since then. So, 2003. Th- no, uh, 2003. Yes. Yeah. Now it's 2020. Yeah. So many years ago, and uh, I don't know how old you were. Just little kids. I was right. nine.
1: I just turned nine. Yeah.
2: And yeah, and future- I was
1: I was six. You were six.
2: Right. Yeah. yeah. It was funny. Anyway, and a funny thing is, I was just starting. Uh, learning how to, you know, how to shoot, how to write, how to edit, all that stuff about filmmaking. And I told you that the day I met him. So you, tomorrow we're gonna shoot a film. So if you wanna come, is, yeah, and I, you know, gave him the address, and I think he expected, you know, like big camera <laughs> crew and whatever. And in reality, it was just like a little DV cam that I bought. All the lighting was basically the lights like my lamps in my house the crew was people were uh, the you know the uh, cartoon the is at the toronto star at the, the newspaper friends family you know that kind of thing that kind of film you know yeah super indie you know yeah. super indie but uh, i think it turned out pretty uh pretty awesome you know and the the best thing of that day is you know with bb your friendships actually built that day, which was amazing. One, one was you, your, your parents and, and our family, you know? It's good.
1: I mean, I think even if we like dig in a little deeper on that film specifically, it kind of kickstarted my career of like, it was the first introduction to the whole filmmaking world. And also for Abby, he, I mean, he was doing theater. Yeah, in I high started, school.
0: I did acting for.
1: <laughs> so I, I remember school. you, like some of the extras didn't show up for the film. And then you're like, yeah, I'll use your... Moya, I'll use your kids. Okay, great. Then we were super happy and it was like a horror film. I was like in the back... Uh, in, in the back of the trunk, I was like a dead kid and then also Abby like in, in the end. We'll link the... Yes, no, the both yeah, the we'll definitely
0: link... We'll link them the the film... Sure. Uh, ...in the show notes so yeah. people people will see it.
1: Silent Little Screams. That yeah. was called. Yes. That is a major throwback. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then from then on, I think it was... Uh, the next time I met you was... Like a job shadow day in high school that we had to go and some somebody's job to learn the the work field, and I went with you to the Toronto Star. you're at the time uh, you're doing the graphic design right department of the newspaper, yes. and I just remember that day was it was it, it, it just opened my horizon even more like to to the whole filmmaking world.
0: yeah if Gabriel, if you can focus actually this is a, a story you share with me a lot. That you actually went on this job shadow day, and you were with Jos learning about the newspaper for just a brief moment, and then he kind of got into uh, the whole right. Yeah, I let's that. do
1: something fun. That's how you uh, quote well, I him. I don't you, know. If- no, 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 you, you wanted like a, you. You said the day to have like an experience. I remember perfectly. You wanted me to meet your friends, your colleagues, and I remember you were doing whatever you had to do the task for the day. And you finished quickly, and you're like, hey, now we get to the real fun. And I remember you showed me, like, uh, you were working at the time on the th- uh, 319 uh, title oh, yes. sequence. And it's a movie that hosts, uh, he did an amazing job in the title sequence. And uh, you showed me, like, uh, I think, like, video co-pilot stuff, like, After Effects. Yes. And all these, like, uh, all, all you were at the time also doing, like, animations with uh, in Flash, right? right so if uh if Jos you could maybe
0: tell us um your thought process of you know you're you're in this job in the Toronto Star but you're still kind of pursuing this passion and developing yourself as an artist even when you're you know established in a position you know can you talk to that uh point please
2: sure sure And, and I think that's something that uh Today is kind of like a fad, you know, they're talking, uh, they call it a, um, how do you call it? Like it's, it's not, it's, it's your hus- hustle, your hustle yeah, the, kind of thing. The side know? hustle. Yeah. Your side hustle. So it was, a, it, there was no such thing as side hustle before, like today's like the entrepreneurs and side hustle, whatever, you know, but so at, at the time I had a really good job at the Toronto Star, but it was as a graphic designer, uh, art director and but everything was everything that you make as a graphic designer it it is static it doesn't move you know and but at one point I was uh, I remember the first time I read the news about Guillermo del Toro Uh, I didn't even know who Guillermo del Toro was but at, at that time when I read the news at the newspaper he just made a film called Mimic and Mimic became this humongous film for a, for a Mexican filmmaker, you know, that was like a big thing because before Guillermo basically was, everything was made in United States, in Hollywood, you know? Um, So I was like, this is awesome, you know? But, and then when a friend of mine actually, Luis Pinto that I think, you know, you know, Luis, he showed me uh, how to edit in, in final cut, the first version of final cut. I was like blown away because then you say you know what I can make a film. I don't have to be Steven Spielberg and have millions of dollars kind of thing. So so that's basically what happened. So in the Toronto Star, everything was uh, this advertising uh, and marketing. But then during my uh, my trip my my trips from home to the Star, which was an hour on the train, I learned in my computer, learned to edit, learned all these different softwares, and uh, and then I started. Shooting, you know, I just went on my in my lunch time to shoot different uh, things in downtown. So one of the first things that uh, to me when I came to Canada was very puzzling was to see white people uh, homeless. You know, so because in Mex where we come from in Mexico, in Mexico you don't see white people asking for money on the streets. You know, it's it's like Hmm. unheard of. But here it was like yeah. so. I was like, "What's going on? Like, these blonde guys are asking for money. Like, how come?" So, anyway, so I took my camera and started actually sitting with them, interviewing them, and I learned a bunch, a bunch about uh, homelessness and all that stuff. And I, and you know, then editing that stuff and then putting titles and doing effects with After Effects, you know, that kind of thing. So that actually took me to, w- what am I going to do with this? So I had to learn how to to build a, a website, and before you didn't have YouTube, you didn't have all these tools that you have today. So I put a website and I put all my, my little animations and, and footage and, and mini movies. and then a friend of mine in Mexico saw it, and at that time he got two million dollars to make a film. so he called me and because hey, I want you to be my the director of animation of my film. I'm like. Are you crazy? I have no idea what to do. You know, I'm not an animator. This is Danny Savia? That's Danny. Yes. Anyway, he insisted, so I said, "You know what? Oh, yes, let's do it." You know, and uh, that's basically how, how everything started. You know, saying saying yes. So that's that's what, one of, one of the first things that I say my kids, everybody. You know what? Say yes. It doesn't matter. So you learn on the job. You're gonna screw up. You're gonna fail, which it's it's fine, it doesn't matter, you know? That, yeah, that's the way I you think, move.
0: Uh, I think one big thing that we learned from you when we were younger is how to self-educate. You know, you really looked at, you know, Indie Mogul or um, Creative Copilot, all these videos that you would show Gabriel. And through you showing Gabriel and him learning all these different videos, um, I don't know if you know this, but I would sit behind Gabriel when he's editing and watching these tutorials and I would also kind of pick up a, a thing or two just without me actually moving the mouse. So that's where I also got into this whole uh, field. And uh, yeah, I mean, that that whole trend of self-educating, I think we picked it up before it became uh, huge. In no, the world those today. were my summers. I remember yeah. like
1: people went to like all the kids went to summer camp. I was in the summer learning from Andrew Kramer right. and from you and like we used to make fun of you that you your girlfriend was the computer cuz <laughs> cuz you'd be glued to the computer but we made really cool short films like even back like what the first one I oh, made yeah. uh, hackers adventure and it was just playing with a camera learning the gear it was a tiny sony like dv also like a little camcorder um it was it was great summers it was great time to to just fool around and experiment and mess yeah. up just mess up mess up mess up
0: so for from that point I want to actually uh, direct for the viewers um, who have that fear to pick up a camera to pick up a notepad whatever art form they're trying to pick up or business it could be really applied to any field um, that thing you mentioned of saying yes and just learning on the job what do you? What do you tell yourself before you're going to go into it to actually take that leap of faith in yourself?
2: Well, I think so. one one thing which is really important is obviously trust in what you know. So I wouldn't go in a cooking show, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I have no idea how to cook, you know. So I think you have to first recognize what are your four tests, you know, and then jump, you know. Be- because you you know how good you are. Basically, nobody can tell you how good you are. You you know how good you are. So uh, I think it's, it's basically trust. You know, we put all these barriers, or all, all these walls ourselves. So as long as you say, you know what? There's no walls. There's no box. All this kind of stuff that people that we uh, we put ourselves in our mind. You. Uh, I mean, I remember. Uh, Having a, a talk with a friend with Lauren Silver, and you know he was, you know all all these mo- mothers tell their sons uh, daughters, you can do anything you want, you can be anything you want, and he was like, this is wrong, <laughs> you know, like you cannot be an an a, a, an astronaut, an astronaut just because you want to be an astronaut, you know, you have to actually have the skills, the passion for it, you cannot not everybody can be a mathematician, you know. So I think one of the first things to, to do is to recognize how good you are in what uh what is your passion, you know? And mm-hmm. then just just go. Like no limits, basically.
1: Yeah, there's like one thing is like hard work, but the other thing is are you born with the skills to actually perform whatever you the dream yes. is? No, it's like uh, yeah, yes. I
0: think it's uh, born with the drive to, to go for it or mm-hmm. maybe not even born with it, but you develop it. I think uh, Yeah. we can look at the, our society and you could say that there's people who don't have that passion and, you know, something that drives them. Um, and I don't really know. Maybe we could talk to that point. Like, what would you tell people that you see, you know, maybe in friend groups or in general that don't have that drive to explore, you know, Effects and editing and whatnot that don't have a sort of drive and they're just kind of feeling like well I got to go to this Toronto Star job because I got to pay the bills and I'm doing this and yeah It's not my passion, but it pays the bills I think What we were talking about earlier of taking that leap? Is very important in order to explore different things, you know, you you Dip your toe in many different waters and eventually you'll find the pool that uh, is meant for you. Yeah, and Especially now in 2020, we have so many things available for us to explore. And of course, right now with COVID, it's a bit hard, but in a way it's also easier because education is very, uh, shifting towards online and things are much more accessible, uh, for anyone. And I don't know. I think it's, uh, important to encourage that in, in friends that, uh, or in, in listeners and anyone to just, uh, try different things with, and like you said, Take that wall, which is in your head, and just tone it down, yeah
1: um, well no you you've been dipping your toes in many different fields also and just different projects in the time that I've known you, and I guess also before that you to, you told me you're actually into you no know, all the other businesses that you I mean you're trained as a graphic designer, but you've also like these shirts, no the ones we were all wearing <laughs> we're all wearing your shirts. <laughs> But uh, I'll link them below if anyone <laughs> wants to get some shirts. <laughs> <laughs> but you've also you've done many things now you're in, in doing stuff with virtual reality and you've done films, you've done different things. So how important is it to experiment in different fields, even related or not related in the same industry? Yeah, well, I think it's, it's about again, it's, it's about passion, basically. You know what, if I see
2: a, cal- a calculator and an Excel <laughs> you know, th- worksheet, this is the opposite of what I want, you know? So I right. would never, right. ever want to, to, to learn about, uh, you know, account accounting or that kind of stuff, you know? It's important. And also uh, you have to be very creative to be an amazing accountant, you know? But it's, uh, I guess it's how you're wired, you know? So mm-hmm. I think it's about trust. It's about trusting you, uh, trusting yourself. Trusting in what you and what is your passion, and I think also having some kind of goals in your life. So uh, it, I think it's important. And I re- remember talking with my with my daughter. So if you want to get to I don't know to the to the top of the of the mountain, that that is your goal basically. But usually you have to take a bunch of steps and train and be prepared to get to the top of the mountain and actually be surrounded by the right people if you're surrounded with the worst people everybody's going to die basically you know so i think it's you, you are basically not independent that word i'm independent it's is the is bs it doesn't exist mm. you know you always depend your friends your family someone is supporting you and pushing you all the time you know so i think that's that's important surround yourself with with people that supports and Supports you and are really good friends in that in that uh, in that case, you know that push you uh, to move forward. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, yes, yeah.
1: For the I goals, have, do you think that it's it's important to have short term, long term goals? Like, I know there's people that say, oh, like the five year plan or the ten year. Like, what are you like setting a time frame? Because you can keep going forever and ever, but you have to have, I guess, some sort of deadline or a time frame to establish things. Or ha- like. Does it depend on the project? Does it depend on the field? What do you think?
2: I think something, I think if you treat yourself as a corporate, as a company, uh, so you have to have a mission and you have to have a vision just like any other company, you know? So what is your vision? So maybe your vision is to become the biggest director in the world, you know? So, so the vision is something that should be almost unattainable, almost impossible to, to get, you know? That's your vision but your mission is to make films for kids, for example, you know so at least you know that you know something I love to do is to make uh, comic books for kids. That's your mission and that's something very achievable and that's something but mission can change, you know but the vision it's that huge goal that most people never never actually get there, but a lot of the people yes, get there, you know. So hmm. I, I remember so those missions, uh, and I I was talking with Mariana because Mariana, my daughter, right now has this comic book, you know. But I, I told her, so what is what do you think? Um, J.K. Rowling's mission was to write Harry Potter, or or to actually tell stories for to change the lives of adults and kids, you know. So she can write Harry Potter, but then that's her book. Then they made comic, then they made comic books, and now they have all these films. Um, and they have all their novels, you know. So it's it's. Mm-hmm. it's but she, I'm pretty sure she never planned to do this. She didn't have these these goals. She just want to feed he, uh, her her son by writing right. this book, you know. So for example, in, in in when I so if you have like little mice, mice goals, you know, and elephant goals, and big you know uh, blue whale goals, kind right. of thing. I think that's very, very visual. So it's like, okay, so how am I going to get there? Doing little short films, doing little poems, or writing, you know, every day, or this kind of like these podcasts, you know? So you have no idea where this podcast is going to take you. You know, you see Seth Rogan. I don't think he knows, he knew where this thing is going to get him or, or Gary Vee, you know? he started the joe, joe rogan no joe, joe rogan? i mean i mean sorry joe rogan yes or, or gary Vee, or all these guys you know they don't they don't have a, like the, the vision of becoming who they are right now but they are because they started with one step right. at a time
0: right i guess it's uh very easy to do the metaphor of you know working out how do you develop a muscle you yep. do start, you know, doing sit-ups and you get abs in two days, you have to do it con- consistently and work on it. And that's how you'll actually get results. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll do a shameless pitch for 100 Days of Sweat, <laughs> 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 which I've been, uh, today is going to be day 91, which is great. Wow. Uh, there. Almost there. Yeah. Um, but even talking to that point, also the, the 100 Days of Sweat, which is a goal or a uh, my goal uh, in the big scheme of things in life. Um, a lot of people have been telling me now that I am kind of reaching that end of, a, of my goal that I set for myself, are you going to keep going? Are you going to do 100 days of pizza? Like what's what's next? And honestly, I'm, it's become a habit. And I think it's very important to establish habits in life with those big goals. Yes. Right. So an example for for this specific point, which is easy to kind of connect to because everyone works out and everyone has uh, health to deal with. Um, I just want to not be healthy. Everybody
1: works out. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah,
0: not everybody works out. <laughs> everybody should have a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my whole big picture as uh, your my blue whale goal was to be healthy and and look good and feel good. Uh, so the I that whole hundred days of sweat kind of gave me my goals each individual day. I have to post. I have to work out. I have to do something for myself. And also I held myself accountable by actually posting it online. Um, obviously other people can hold themselves accountable in different ways, but, uh, for me, it was pretty fun and engaging. Um, yeah, I think with that, uh, do you think, what do you think when you're about to reach a goal, uh, I don't know if you can talk to personal examples in your life, uh, how does the mindset change? To continuing after, or kind of giving yourself that pat on the back.
2: Yeah, I, I guess. I guess. So, for example, one of my biggest goals was to actually work in, or to make a, a big film. You know, big film meaning like a Hollywood film. So when I had the opportunity to actually work in a in in this one is basically the biggest film ever made in China, which is a hundred and fifty million dollars film. I had the opportunity to work with my friend, which the director of this film. And it's also, today, one of the biggest film flops in the in history of, <laughs> not because the film was bad, because the film never even showed, you know, it was shown only three days and that's it. Uh, that's, a, that's another story. But I had the opportunity to work with some of the biggest uh, production designers, uh, music uh, directors, composers, whatever, all this stuff in this film. And what i realized after working in this film is that i don't really like it <laughs> you know um the whole or what i realized uh, the whole thing about the filmmaking in in this humongous budget films it's it's not about really a story at one point it's all about it's about ego and everybody could tell you you know it's it, the not not necessarily the director but Everybody becomes like a diva. They make so much money and they treat you like so like king. You know, and you mm-hmm. live in these apartments and you have your 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 drivers and stuff. so it becomes that you be you become someone else. You become someone else before and during the film and after the film. Um because so you after missed,
1: the, you miss the actual goal of okay, I want to be involved in something. Amazing and creative great piece of art or, or piece of movie making yes. history.
2: Yes. Exactly. Do you think so, it,
1: like did it, be, did it become more of a business more than the art? Because we know it's like a fine balance the it is whole a balance. filmmaking
2: world. Yeah, but it's hard. It's hard because when the moment you're working with producers, I think uh, it's it's really rare to have a producer that actually understands the art of filmmaking. You know, and then you have Guillermo del Toro, which is a director producer, and that's why you have that. You know, but uh, it's hard. And then when you, when you see the the amazing films, the really amazing films, you can see that it was the it was a really collab, the amazing collaboration between the producers and the directors. That's why you have a beautiful film. Anyway, but it's really hard. It's very long. Uh, you know, it actually hurts your your family you know like you because it's so long so you don't have time to see your family you work like 14 15 16 hours a day a day kind of thing mm-hmm. uh it's very lonely so because at one point you're working all day long with these guys you don't want to see them later to hang out and have drinks or whatever you know you already work with these guys, so you become a really lonely guy uh for one or two years you know kind of thing and i I spoke with, with many friends and they tell me the same, the same story. And you have a lot of divorces. Like it's, it's, I mean, not everything is bad. It's actually depends on your personality. So for me, this is not, this is not what I, but you know, I reached that goal. I'm past it. And now I'm in a different, different, different things. I'm doing the virtual reality and it's awesome, you know, uh, but it's totally different thing. Um, right.
0: So, so you made uh, an adjustment.
2: I made an adjustment exactly. So I think, but I guess the path, the path is. So what? What is your vision? You know. So something that I realized, and this is this is really cool. Is I love to interact with people like me, people like creative, uh, just like you guys, just like like your dad. You know. This is what I really love. So the end product in reality, I couldn't care less. It's funny. So I don't care mm-hmm. about the end product. I care about the process, the journey, yeah. the journey mm-hmm. with the people, not by myself, right. you know? So it's, it's something that, so anyway, that's something that you realize only in time, you know, but, but it's good that you're actually doing all the, but if you don't do all these different things, you will never know what is what you like and right. what is what you don't like.
1: Rex, so I'm sure, I mean, I'm the same in that respect. I mean, in filmmaking, it's all about collaboration and working with others, learning from other people. Uh, but yeah, maybe there's artists or other people that their way is to go more in the, the individual route. Yeah. But it, it's, just, it's, it's about the trying and, as you said... Testing different things. Yeah, testing what you like yeah. and, and self-awareness and, and, and what do you like.
2: But also it's cultural, guys. So we are, I mean, we that's are true. Mexican. So in Mexico, the yeah, way, way of true. life is... Uh, well, and. And also, I mean, I am Mexican, but you're Mexican, but you're Jewish. So it's also like it's, it's a subculture within the culture, you know? So right. I remember your mom, when, when he, the, she came to Canada, she was like, whoa, like eye opening, you know, like they were living in kind of like a bubble over there and here, boop, the bubble just exploded and, and it Not was much sure. more open and kind of thing, you know? So that's why it's very hard to, to just talk generally because being a Mexican and being a Mexican in Canada. So, again, it changes everything. And now you're a Mexican in Israel. So, and so Canadian. We, Through and Canada. Canadian. Through Canada. So, so imagine that it's
1: yeah. hard for, for it's people crazy. to... It's kids,
0: crazy. Our kids are going to have an identity crisis. It's, it's <laughs> going to be...
1: <laughs> oh, no, your kids are going to be amazing. If we had it, then it just... <laughs> yeah, if we had an identity crisis, if it's our kids... a generation. <laughs> <laughs> how, What's what, how, been your experience being a creative... A Mexican creative in Canada?
2: Well, I think it's, uh, you know, something that I think is, has worked is that here in Canada, they are really, you know, respectful and this and that. I, and it's, it's not that, that I'm not respectful, but we are more open. You know, we basically say, well, we, without hurting others, we actually have an opinion kind of thing. You know, here in Canada, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't really... Want to give your opinion because you want you don't want to be judged, or you don't want to hurt other feelings or whatever, you know? Right. And, and especially today, with all this political correctness BS, that that is pretty hurting societies. Mm-hmm. It's worse. You cannot say anything today, like nothing, you know?
0: Right. Everything
2: you say is racist. Doesn't matter what you say.
0: It's a computer. Yeah. No. And it, it's funny you say that because moving from Canada. To now living in israel it's a total 360. to that pc like politically correctness here is the complete opposite yeah i know uh and it's for the good and the bad right like you'll have people tell you like that shirt looks stupid on you and you don't (laughs) even know the person uh but on the flip side of that you'll be getting on the bus and this is you know not corona times you are able to give your baby to a random stranger can you hold my kid for a second well, yeah. I like put
1: the stroller. Yeah, while I, while I put the stroller
0: in on in the bus, and yes. it's
1: very. Or you ask sh- for directions, and yeah. then you get like ten people telling you, and they, they start fighting because they're fighting to see what's the best <laughs> route, and it's
0: yeah, it's it's very you know cultural um, differences are a
1: big thing when it comes to exploring the world we live right. in. But and- at the end of the day, that we've had those experiences of living in Mexico, in Canada, yeah. now here it's like they're all different. Uh, I mean, I also I studied in the U.S. and in a way that shapes you, that builds you in yeah. like, some sort of way or another. Well, that makes um, you
2: that makes you a better everything, a better writer, a better filmmaker, because now you understand these different cultures, and at, at the same time you understand that where in Canada, Canada is not everything, and and it's like when you talk with everybody, someone in the United States, they think that everybody thinks that right. the way they think, you know. And it couldn't be just the opposite of that. Basically, everybody in the world thinks different than the right. Americans. Yeah,
0: it's what you mentioned—the bursting that bubble. How my parents had that uh, shock at the beginning, and I think yes. uh, I think you have to be ready for that shock when you yeah. make those decisions. Because at least for now, for Israel, uh, the big decision to come to Israel was actually started through me. You know, I was the one that said, I'm moving. Well, no,
1: it started like way before we were born. Like, yeah, we like, were yeah. raised, we're uh, raised with,
0: like, supporting Israel right, and whatnot. And- but the actual, you know, saying I'm moving um, was, you know, taking that leap of it's yes. I'm doing this and we'll <laughs> see what happens. It might be terrible, but you got to take leaps of faith. Yeah. Uh, and I th- I think that's the same thing with uh, new projects, whether it be artistic, business, whatever.
1: Um do you want to talk? Maybe like since we're both here in the relationship that we established with each other, of uh, in a way it's like a mentor mentee. Well, more than that, like you're mm-hmm. you're like your family to us. But in that relationship, like in in terms of the professional experience, uh, how important is this? Have somebody you can call a mentor, help, teacher, professor, life coach. The spark that's, that uh, that started the filmmaking process, I mean, also together with my parents and also my mom's a graphic designer. Uh, my dad is a photographer. So that visual language was always instilled within us. Uh, yeah. But the world of filmmaking and storytelling really started from that short, that first short film, The Silent Little Screams, then Toronto Star. And then we started doing more short films, the Toronto Film Challenge, the 24-hour. And ever since, like we've been in touch and I've been throwing back ideas with you. You help me, I help you. How is it? How important is it for for people in general to have people to aspire to and and have men, sort of like mentors?
2: Yeah, I think it's extremely important. I think it's extremely important because, um, for example, in my case, I had Luis Pinto. You know, uh, so Luis was the g- the guy that sparked that. Uh, who that was thing, Luis? You know? Maybe
1: do you want to give a little bit of why? Yeah, Luis for and the who? listeners to uh, okay. so get a little so, background. so
2: Luis. Luis is a, is a guy that I met in, at the Toronto Star, he, was actually, he actually was working, a, he had the most boring job in the world. He was basically putting all the pages of, of the newspaper together and sure, making sure that the, the, the ads were in the right place, that kind of thing, you know? So you don't need to be really creative to do that. You need to be very, format, or, basically. Yeah. very organized. Very, very organized, you know, calling people, hey, this, that, whatever, the font, that kind of stuff. But on his free time, he would learn everything creative, you know, how to edit a film, how to shoot, how to this, how to make a website, all that stuff. So when I met him, I was like so attracted to this guy, you know, because he was this kind of guy that he didn't talk. He was actually doing stuff, you know, and then uh, we became friends and he was the guy pushing me. So, so did you, did you make the website host? No. What are you waiting for? You know what? I don't really know. Okay. Let's do it right now. He would teach me, da, 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 da. so tomorrow he will call me. Did you make the website? It's almost done. Okay. Tomorrow. I, I'm going to call you. Tomorrow. So he didn't, he didn't need to do that. There was no benefit for him in me finishing the website. You know, even today, he's still calling me, hey, what are you doing? Are you are you doing some films? Are you shooting? Are you painting? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing, <laughs> which so uh, but it's, it's not only the, it's not only the pushing is the teaching, you know, but the teaching by doing, which I think w- that was the amazing thing about uh, our relationship, because we learned even, even though you the spark happened that day, you, I learned so much also from you guys because I, by seeing you doing all these different things, just like this podcast, you know, I am so inspired that, uh, I might do something related to this, you know, mm. maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I already did the podcast. I did, I did. Anyway, uh, mentors, uh, your dad has been a mentor, a mentor for me too, you know? So it's important to have these mentors, super important, find them yeah
1: yeah no it's uh i mean i just want to acknowledge also like you've also you've been you've driven a lot of big part of my creative thoughts and throwing back ideas with you so like just thank you for everything that you've been doing for <laughs> yeah uh, yeah And oh, i think it's interesting
0: also the relationship that people kind of um put people on a pedestal sometimes um when it might be someone professional that's you know maybe a famous artist or yeah a celebrity uh there's always that option that you can reach out and they'll say that's yes that's so true you've been yes. also like
1: you sometimes we just like how does hos know this person and how like he just he knows everybody like you you've you've known like you, you had the like relationship with Guillermo del Toro uh all these all these different producers in the Hollywood world or right now in the VR space you're now considered like oh like one of the one of the people in the you know the the virtual reality you you, you you talk to me about this because like you, you, like you speak about it because you told me like you just have to do it, no? In, in a way.
2: Yeah. Well, you have to be there too. So for, and, and for example, you are writing a film and you're shooting a film. Okay. But do you have the script? So one thing is, oh, I have an idea. The next, the, but the, the thing is, oh, I have a script. It's here, you know? So if you, if you, if Guillermo Toro, or if whatever uh, you know, director or producer, is someone that you aspire to be, uh, like, and you know that there's a conference downtown Toronto or in Buffalo or whatever, you go, you know, you go, and, uh, and 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 you know somehow just to be there and having the script ready, maybe he's going to go to the washroom and then oh. And then you're going to have your, you know what? This is basically, you have to make things happen. So uh, send so I, I made a bunch of amazing like concept artists that are like, like my idols, just sending a message on uh, Instagram, you know? Mm-hmm. And little by little, you become friends and then Skype and then this and that. And at one point you are collaborating, collaborating you know? So you don't have to be afraid to meet other people that are just like other, they're human beings, normal. And if you think about this, Most leaders, like when you're a leader, most leaders are very alone because when you are a leader, you are a guy that are just going, 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 going. So you have time. You don't really have time to chit chat and have friends and coffee and waste time, you know, that makes you a loner, you know? So reach this, if you want to, if you send an image, uh, a message to these guys, they're going to be the happiest in the world, actually, you know? But have to be so very sincere think,
1: right because I mean you think about oh how many emails such and such is gonna get but if you think about it then you never send it out because I'm just another number of the thousands of emails that he gets every yeah. day But you, I guess well, also, you also
0: have to stand out and of course offer something because yeah. that, that be person sincere. Yeah, it's being sincere. be sincere and have something to offer you know yeah. analyze it from their perspective
1: what are, are you sending a reasonable offer is it yeah, something I, if that, it's, oh I'm just a fan. Sure, how many fan letters do they get? It's what can I offer to them, right? Exactly. Not just asking for something.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. What, are you a fan? Exactly, are you a fan? Well, if you're a fan, then don't even contact these guys, you know? I guess, you know? Are you serious? Right. Then, then Cause contact what's the, these guys. What's the end, what's the end goal?
1: Like what, Yeah, what what's the, the end goal? A signature? A selfie or an actual
2: <laughs> relationship, right? Exactly, exactly. So right. I think that's that's the main difference.
0: And I think um, this is my perspective on the education system in general. We had a big shock, or I guess it was a small shock because we're kids and we didn't really know any better. When we were in Mexico, we addressed teachers by their first name, Mm. you know. And when we got to Canada, it was Miss, Mrs. or Mr. And even if you would mistakenly say Mrs. as opposed to Miss, it was like you'd be in super trouble Um, and it was kind of putting this distance between the student and the teacher. Mm -hmm. And I connect that right now with my army service. When I was in the army, I was a commander, right? And there's actually this thing that they talk about in the army, which is called distance. When you're a commander, you have to have a distance from your soldiers. And when you're, you know, when you're a soldier, you're like, oh, I have so much distance with my commander. And when you go through commander's course, they actually tell you, Don't have distance. Have a respectful... um, Like... leader hierarchy? Respectful hierarchy or a a respect for your leader. It's... uh, I'm I'm trying to translate it from Hebrew, but it's... uh, The words aren't coming to my head. But the whole idea is to have that um, authority uh, person kind of... You you understand that this person is giving you commands and you have to follow these commands... But that doesn't mean you can't be friends. That doesn't mean you can't make jokes. That doesn't mean if you have problems, you can't actually share them and, and feel comfortable sharing them. You know, and I, and I connect this back to teachers and mentors because I had the privilege in high school to have a really good teacher who I consider a mentor. Uh, and it was actually for woodworking, one of my small little pools that I dipped my toe into. Um, and a lot of the things he mentioned was just whatever project you want to do i'll help you and i'll give you the tools to do it and for him it was actually literal because it was literal tools that he would give us to to make things yeah i mean look education the way it is structured the mr and mrs i go back to that point yes uh putting that distance between a mentor and a i guess i'll I'll give the example of you and gabriel right um you guys are friends you're not you know at uh putting each other on pedestals or you're no. not pushing Gabriel away and I think it's very important for people to realize that a mentor as well as a mentee
1: want that you know you want no. real connections as, as social beings no but know? also say, also calling out if something is out of actual, place like just bullshit like if does it work does it not work is it bad is yeah it, yeah like, exactly be, being, no, I, being sincere I, I, and being real
2: Not patronize. I I would never patronize uh, Gabriel.
1: Oh, good man. That's
2: would never do that. You know what, Gabriel? Why do you do this, this, this? That sucks, or whatever. You know, he would tell me the same thing. No, you know what? Let's just cut that. It didn't work, or whatever. You know,
1: right?
0: No, for sure. Yeah, it's being sincere and developing real, real relationships. No, hundred percent. And I mean, back to the whole PC culture. I think that just doesn't help. The whole uh, political correctness and not being. Not voicing your opinion. I think no. the world uh, in Canada, in the States, you know, in general has to yeah. get in touch with themselves and then share it with others. You know, really, obviously there's a way of doing it. It's not saying like you're a piece of shit. That's not good. You got to yes. go about saying, you know, giving your opinion in the right way. But um, if you don't give your opinion, you're just another yeah person on the sidelines. And
2: You need to be very firm, very firm, you know. Mm -hmm. and uh that 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 means to be prepared to be attacked you know like i mean we're talking about this so when we are as, as an artist like you are artists right now even this it is an art you know so if you have no opinion and then who who would care who would care to listen to this thing you know if you want to this is for everybody and everybody's welcome uh I don't know. I don't know if that actually works. You know? You become like Trudeau. (laughs) Like, you know? (laughs) Like he wants to be like... Which
1: is is still something that you're figuring out with this project. You're still searching for or looking for that specific audience. And it's a a matter of...
0: It's a matter of right now of I'm posting these episodes for the listeners. And I don't even know who the listeners are. And also I'm posting it mainly for myself. To have these conversations with people. Yeah, that's awesome. And to meet new people. It's giving me... Similar to the 100 Days of Sweat, which I mentioned earlier, it gave me this small, you know, tight goal that I have to do this for t- today. Uh-huh. This gives me a goal that every week I have to have an interesting conversation with someone that has something cool to share. And so I've been messaging and contacting a lot of different people in many different fields to have these conversations. And for me, it's been great because I'm making new
1: connections and yeah. developing new friendships. I think the cool thing is also, is yes, it's for you, but then, yes, it's, it lives out there in the world and in the mm-hmm. internet and you don't know somebody's gonna listen to it and he's gonna see Jos speaking about it and they're gonna search Jos on Google and then like, who knows? They right. might do something together. Who like, Yeah. You- right. It's uh, creating a web
0: and, and putting things out there. Yeah, so I'll make a quick transition here um, and ask you guys, feel free, either of you to answer. What is uh your biggest failure or uh, challenge that you've encountered that you're most proud of and you learned from? In general or in more in the, the creative field or just as a... Uh, feel free to take that wherever it takes you. Uh, I think uh, if it gave you growth and right. you acknowledge it as a important failure... I guess I
1: want to hear from you first, Klaus, because you have more experience and... I have more, f- more failures. I have more failures. <laughs> <laughs> Take it, take it as you
2: want. <laughs> oh, man. You know, so many. I, I think them is like, a... so for example, I'm going to give you one that is funny because failures when you, I have this book actually that I, I recommend to everybody in the world. Oh, over here. <laughs> <I> will... <laughs> so it's called, it's not how good you are is how good you want to be. Okay. By who? And this little book is written by Paul Arden. Paul Arden is one of the top advertising guys ever in history, you know? And the amazing thing about this guy is um, he was never, ever afraid to fail, you know? So this little book has things like it's wrong to be right. And he explains why it's wrong to be right. And then he explains why it's right to be wrong, for example, you know, or is the guy that says, fail, fail again, fail better, you know, kind of thing. So, so then if you think about it, fa- the more you fail, the more, the more insight you get and the more successful you would be in a way, you know, mm-hmm. and I give you an example. I may, I started my podcast that it was called El Podcastero. Why? Because... I Gary Vee said, you know what? This is the era of audio, and or you have to do audio, whatever. Okay, so I want well, to make a podcast. So I, ha- I know a lot of people that are pretty, pretty, uh, pretty amazing in what they do, especially concept artists, designers, filmmakers, whatever. So I said, well, I want to do something with this, and I started it. I created the whole, the whole branding, this, that, whatever, mm-hmm. but I didn't like it. You know, I, I I made it. It's there. If you go to elpodcastero.com, you have like five, six episodes or something. And it was fun to talk with these guys, but, but I am 100% visual, 100%, you know? So I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy not seeing the guys that I was talking with. I didn't enjoy to edit only sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say, what am I going to do? Stop. So... It's there. I'm still paying for the whatever you have to pay, you know, the website and stuff. But uh, was that a failure? I mean, I don't know. Because I did it. I fail and I failed better. But I know that I don't want to do that. At least I did it, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now what? What's next? Well, you know what? I'm pretty good at actually teaching people this, that, whatever. And people always, t- especially young guys, you know, they come to me and how do I do this? That? Should I do talk like things that i i i don't know in university what kind of go career should i go i'm like what you know and i i have no idea Gabriel
1: asked you that one no (laughs) no No, i I knew for sure since i was 11 i'm gonna go (laughs) to
2: yeah but you know what things like that uh so um fail so I'm, i'm pretty sure there's gonna be there has been a lot of failures but if you think about it every failure is 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 a success successful right. step into your uh into in, into your how into in your life, into your happy happiness, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, if you didn't do that, you were you're you're not as happy as if you did it. I'm pretty sure it's, it's gonna hurt when you fail, you know, because it's like, oh I wasted so much time, so much money. But in reality you are you're happier now. You know?
0: Right. And I think also it's uh, acknowledging that you have to be no, not so sensitive, you know, not take things too personally, too personally and, and not to be not not too hard on yourself when you yeah. fail uh, to be able to yeah. get back up.
1: I think get that's one. I think from- for me. It's also I think that that could be one of the things I've been learning with the years is to not take things personally and to let go and more so accept change because in our lives, with, with change is a very common word. Like, we've moved countries. I've moved even more than you in, in terms of places, countries, cities. Um, I guess an experience that really, I guess, shifted for me, and it's very metaphorical. It's when I was, I don't know, I think I was like five, six years old. I used to take uh, swimming lessons in the JCC in Mexico and i remember uh i had it like the, it was like the end competition or the end day that we had to literally like all the little kids you know like you're there and they're going to like blow the whistle or like this the, the the fake gun or whatever the goes off and you have to jump in the water and it was just one lap and it was a race i remember perfectly it was like all the parents were there and everybody was like full the in the big pool and my teacher, I had invited my elementary school teacher and my first grade teacher, uh, Miriam, and at the end, she didn't, she didn't show up, but she sent a gift, was <clears> like, Oh, like the big day of she, he's gonna jump in the water. And in the end, I like I started crying, I didn't jump in the water. And I remember my, my parents punished me because it was like, you have to do this. Like you're you, you trained for this and you didn't jump. It was like the end result. You didn't finish. And it was an experience for me that I sometimes like recall that like, hey, how many jumps have I had now since then? I've I've taken the leap, literally, of trying new things, moving countries, meeting new people, and it's I think it's I think that's in a way what how you grow as a person, by literally taking jumps and going for it and failing. Sometimes things have haven't worked out and yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Like very specific failures. Wow, that, that I've is had. a
0: story I did not know, <laughs> <laughs> which is
1: really weird. We're brothers. <laughs> wow. Yeah, uh, ask mom about that. I didn't jump in the water. And, uh, <laughs> it's, it's always in my head. Like, I, yeah, okay. So that's interesting. I, do, I, do I need think, to jump.
0: Do you think when you, when you get to that um, psychological point in your mind where you see a new challenge in front of you that is this race or pool, you know, the metaphorically do you feel a a need to do it to not feel that pain you felt when you got punished and cried? Is
1: that, is that something that kind of goes through your
0: mind and like, that's what pushes you? I think it's
1: because deep down, I know I'm gonna, it's something that who knows I'm going to enjoy or I'm gonna, would like to do, but it's just that inner fear of like, Oh, I'm going to mess up or like, Oh, I'm not, I don't know how to do it. So it's the, the fear of the unknown. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, it's something I have to still work with, you know, something that always progressing, like having that fear of, I don't know what's going to happen in the end, so I'm not doing it because I don't know. I think that's one of the, you can call it failure, but it's something that I'm, I'm growing every day.
2: Yeah. Or you actually you know, take that leap. I, yeah. I think something that this, the culture, it doesn't help for for, for people to actually to get to, to where they actually want to, to be is... The mentality that you have the the other option. For example, United States, I think it's like sixty percent of the marriages end end up in divorce, sixty or something like that, which is huge. Wow.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's massive.
2: But when you when you get married, you you think you know what? If it doesn't work out, we we divorce. I think when you are going to get into whatever you're going to get, you don't think in the quitting option, in the option mm-hmm. that you have. You know, you you actually get to, there's no, and uh, there's no end goal. There's no, it's the infinite game, basically. You know what? There's a book that I'm reading right now that is, is from um, Simon Sinek and it's called The Infinite Game. The and Infinite
0: Game. I was just about to reference that, yeah. <laughs> yes, so
2: so basically the guy said, you know what? You are in the infinite game. You're not in the, in the winning game. There is no scoring here, you know? So because the infinite game, there's, there's no rules. So you get into this game, you better keep going, you know? You're going to fail, but just keep going, you kind of thing. And I think that's a mentality uh, that people, successful people, actually have, you know? They enter into the game, and they just keep going, kind of thing.
0: Right. Yeah, so I really like that uh, that point you brought up with... Uh, I mean, it's it's unfortunate, the statistic of marriage, but um, I, I myself have not gone to that point of uh, thinking to myself, I'm gonna get married and if it doesn't work out i'll get divorced uh-huh. uh if anything i think of it in that the way that you mentioned earlier that you don't give yourself that out and for anything uh it's it's really important to do that to, to not uh it's success is a necessity and not a a question and it's just a matter of how you're gonna get there
2: yeah yeah and right? i think that that's how so you start with a failure mentality already. So you started already with a, with a failing thing in, in your mind, you know? So I think that, that could pollute the whole, your whole life, basically, if you just start with, with, with that.
1: uh, It's sort of like having a, what's the plan B option? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but I think the plan B, Gabriel
2: comes later. You know, once everything is, you know, like, oh my goodness, it didn't work out. What should we do now? Oh, Let's let's have a plan B, but you don't start with a plan B. Hmm.
1: Right. Yeah, you actually, people with- used to tell me like before, like uh, after high school and like before, I mean before applying and everything. All, but what if uh, what if the film thing doesn't work and like it's you know it's like very competitive and it's uh, there's so many like now it's it's very popular to study film. And what's your plan B? And it's like, nah, I don't, know, I don't know. I don't know. Like right now, no, like I want to do this a hundred percent. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm going all out. Like I'm going to go in it. Cause I'm, that's what that's, I'm passionate about it. And it's, I need to do it. And yes. within it. I, I know the strengths and weaknesses of, uh, within the film world that I am more geared towards. And I need, and then I need to collaborate with other people that those are their strengths and you bring each other together and you help each other. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But in, in terms of like uh the plan B, I was like, I don't know. Like for, specifically for studying films, like I don't, that's that's what I want to do, so let's go for it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Amazing. Um Okay, I think we talked about the failures <laughs> that are actually successful uh leaps towards life. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you guys have anything else to add, any thoughts that come up
1: that we could uh well what are you what are you doing? Now, Jos, what, are you, what what is something that you're... Yeah, what's your next pool of, uh, that you're dipping your toe into? Something that is exciting you at the moment.
2: Uh, it's creating... I'm, I'm, you know, I've never created a YouTube channel. So mm-hmm. because of the podcast failure, I'm going to start mm-hmm. a YouTube channel, which is the same thing, but with video. So, but right. this is, is, is going to be much more geared into production. So the whole mm-hmm. thing about production, but for designers, designers and artists, basically, you know, showing, you know, techniques in After Effects, Premiere, cinema for the kind of thing, but very mm-hmm. geared into, into, into designers. Because I think okay. there's a, um, so now with vid- video, we know that video is basically the, the, the best thing to communicate. There's nothing better than video. Mm -hmm. even though i mean gary says that audio is huge yes in in marketing and advertising like for for sure you know and podcasts and all this stuff but you know what there's nothing like sit down and watch a film on netflix there's nothing like yeah and I,
0: i think a lot of people can connect to even now um i was driving earlier today with my sister and we're like wow we passed by the movie theater we're like wow i really want to go to the movie theater Everyone right now is in lockdown, so and, we and we haven't I been miss, to the movie yeah, theater. I miss the movies. And even even that, you know, I mean, we can see videos on YouTube or movies on Netflix, but it's a completely different medium to put it on yeah. the big screen. Um, but anyway, I cut you off with the whole video yeah. thought. Yeah,
2: um, no, that you know, so 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 print print is obviously print is awesome, and you know, print is amazing to have your book and whatever. But there's nothing like if you want to learn something, there's nothing like l- seeing the guy doing whatever he's doing you know and also right. learning the uh the forget about the basics, because when you talk like i'm gonna talk i'm gonna teach the basics you know but in reality it took me 20 years for me to teach you the basics which are not really the basics you know are this is basically for designers it's gonna be only what you need every other stuff that you don't need i won't teach you so I've been watching tutorials online. I've been watching the domestica and, and uh, courses, and these courses are like twenty-hour courses. I'm like, oh, you know, like I don't want to go like for twenty hours to watch how to learn something that I could learn in five minutes, you know, mm-hmm. literally. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm. That's what I want to do, man, right now.
0: Cool. And how can people uh, find you? Uh... So I can link in the show notes, or for people listening, if you can just uh, spell it out and uh, properly reach whatever you're working on nowadays. Uh,
2: well, r- I'm going to do the announcement on my Instagram right now. I have my Instagram. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's Jos Monson, J-O-S Monson, That's it. But I'm I'm sure I'm going to have a different Instagram for this. For for now, this is that's that's basically when you can you can see my stuff.
1: Great. That's awesome. Well, we can't wait to actually see you again. We miss you so much. <laughs> yeah. And we want to like Jos is a, is a grandfather. Like we ha, we need to we need to meet Monty, your oh, grandson. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, our yeah.
0: families have been uh, I mean, from what you've heard already, we've been connected for a long time. So, uh we we really miss Jos. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and uh, yeah. and we can't wait to have you guys here in in Israel. Oh, uh, you'll see. We'll be there you soon. You know now. you have your your home here. Thank and you, uh, yeah, but before we we say
0: our goodbyes, Gabriel, do you want to share uh, your future plans as
1: well? Sure. I mean, right now uh, I'm currently planning my first feature. We're still like very early in the pre-production stage in the script process. Uh, I'm working right now in. I'm finishing editing my second documentary about the Shalva band. Uh. The, the band that was in Eurovision and Kochababa here in The Next Star in Israel. And they were like my second family here. So I've been working that since I, I moved here to Israel in uh, 2017. So now it's going to be three years almost in October. And what else? Doing little projects with friends, short films, music videos, and freelancing here in Israel as a cinematographer and director. So, yeah, having fun. Nice. Yeah, awesome you can name. look look at my stuff in... Uh, and Instagram is Volco Gabriel, V-O-L-C-O Gabriel. And my website is Volcofilms.com.
0: There you go. Those are all uh, the handles. And obviously everything will be linked in the podcast show notes and on YouTube if you're watching this on video. Um, y gracias
1: por tenernos. Thanks so yeah. much for having me. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank for... you, Abby.
2: This is awesome, man. And uh, keep inspiring people. This is good. Thank you. Thank you.
0: I would like to give a huge thank you to Jos and Gabriel for coming on the episode this week. If this was your first time listening to the podcast, I first would like to welcome you and I want to invite you to check out other episodes of the podcast. We have a lot of different people who have spoken and I think there's a lot to learn. And also please feel free to leave a review and comment. I would like to make this episodes as engaging and entertaining as possible. And your feedback is priceless.
1: Thank Thank you you for for watching watching and and keep keep on dreaming! dreaming.